Don't trust people who use Ableton. And with that beautiful quote, we start off another episode of Based and Breaks, your hopefully favorite drum and bass podcast on the platforms. How's it going, everyone? My name is Nora, and I definitely want to welcome you to today's episode. It's going to be a lovely episode. We've got a lot of cool content to talk about. We even have our first guest to the podcast. And I'm obviously here with my good friend and co-host, Grand Sentence, as every week. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing very, very well. Um, hope you are doing well too. Um, thank you so much for that nice introduction. And I'm also really excited for that um, secret guest that we are going to have in this episode. Exactly. But before we do all of that good stuff, I'm going to start with a small recap of last week's episode. We talked about a lot of stuff again. We went on some incredibly long tangents away from drum and bass as we do with every episode at this point. So what did we talk about? We started off talking about some sleeping problems and how we both experience uh, those type of things, how we deal with those type of things. We did a lot of shout outs, as obviously indicated in uh, last week's episode's name, a dozen shout outs. There were a lot of people who got shouted out. We talked about drug use and drug abuse um, for quite a long time. I think that was the biggest tangent we went on. Um, we briefly mentioned the whole Spotify versus artists drama that is currently going on and that has been going on for a good while now, to be fair. Um, so yeah, that's basically last week's episode um, summed up, really. Um, it was a an episode that got released last week because we missed a week um, due to some organizing problems, but now we are back on the bi-weekly schedule. So without further ado, um, we're going to roll straight into the first interview we have ever done on the show. I would like to welcome the very talented producer Offish uh, to the podcast. All right, everyone, and we are getting to our interview now. The first interview that we are having here on Bass and Breaks, and it's nobody less than the Mad Offish, one of the great producers um, that I've known for quite some time. And here we are listening to one of his tracks called Attenuation. Um, what a lovely, lovely sound. I think our listeners now know what to expect from Offish if they haven't heard of you yet, which would be very, very sad because your music is awesome. Um, so welcome, Offish. Thank you so much for being here. 
Hi, hi everyone. So, um, I think some of our listeners might not know you yet. Um, you're still a little bit under the radar, even though you're producing great music for such a uh, for quite a long time already now and very consistently. So, um, I think it would be great for you to briefly introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you yet. All right. So, I'm Ofish. I live in Poland and I have been producing DNB for the last for five years maybe uh, I'm 22 years old and um, my tracks are a mixture of jungle deep DNB and halftime uh, which is essentially DNB with less or no snares just to sum it up um, yeah that's it <laughs> for the short introduction <laughs> I think it's sums it up pretty well uh, but you've you've been you've been releasing for quite some time as well, right? Uh, is there some like labels uh, that you want to give a shout out where your music can be heard on? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I really want to shout out uh, the onset onset audio. Uh, the guy who runs it is does really great job, and his artworks are really well prepared for each release, and uh, also the. Um, uh, Critica Productions. Uh, he, the guy who runs it, uh, really like knows what he wants, and some of my best music actually landed on the label, despite being only on the compilations and stuff. But yeah, he he does good job as well. <laughs> Yeah, some of the bigger names in the halftime and the deep scene, I would say. Um, very, very awesome. So definitely do check out Offer's music on those platforms. You've also done a quite a handful of guest mixes recently, um, yeah, yeah. which is very, very awesome. Um, I've, I've listened to a few of those, um, really, really enjoyed them. And uh, you have been releasing um, yeah, LPs for free, is that right? Yep, exactly. Uh, actually, I started doing that like uh, last year, and at this point, that's like my preferred way of releasing music and getting it out to the world. And uh, I guess we're gonna talk uh, about it uh, a little bit more in bit detail today. later. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, one last thing for your introduction. I think that would also be nice. We've just listened to Attenuation, um, one of your one of your tracks. Um, is there anything else that you would recommend people to check out to really get a feel for who is who is offish and if that's their kind of music? Uh, I think you definitely should check my um, albums I have released. Uh, they are available on Spotify and Bandcamp. Just uh, type my name into the, there and you're gonna find all my stuff uh, and yeah they, they really show what my music is about and uh, what kind of styles I pursue and uh, the, the general vibe that you can expect for my future stuff as well mm -hmm. we can put we can put the the bandcamp link um, in the description of the podcast. So everyone who wants to check out Offish's music, um, feel free to check the show notes and you can find the link to his Bandcamp there. Um, like I mentioned, um, a lot of his music there is actually available for free. 
and it's very very awesome now talking about um your music and how you go about making music you always seem to go for this very dark and industrial vibe is there a specific place uh you look for um you know to to gain new ideas is there specific websites or feelings that you dig into when you create your music is there some place where you take inspiration from i should say mm, i'm taking a lot of inspiration from uh, ambient music uh, of course the the darker side of it and uh, also uh, a lot of uh, actual dubstep music the the deeper side from the uh, earlier uh, years like uh, cryptic minds and biome uh, and also distance and these are the artists that i can listen like hundreds of times and always discover something new and uh, drum and bass wise i always wear into the uh, more dark and harsher uh, style uh, like technical edge, dominant Roland and DJ Hidden and not uh, really because it's dark for the sake of it but also because there's more stuff uh, happening in the drum department and uh, I mostly uh, enjoy drum and bass in producing it because it's because of the drums and, and break bits uh, like when I listen to the track and it has like boring drums, uh, I won't like it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, that's definitely something we can hear in your productions as well. It's very intricate uh, drum patterns, a lot of ear candy going on, a lot of pan sounds, filler sounds, filler drums. Um, obviously giving that very high energy, but also well-rounded feeling to your uh, tracks, which is something I personally like a lot about them. So. That's definitely very respectable and big up for you, uh, to you for making and putting a lot of time into making your drums sound special and make them stand out a lot. Right. So one um, one other part about your production that's very um, dominant um, is not only the drum department but also the basses, of course. Um, and and you choose like a lot of like variety of even sometimes I feel like neuro influenced basses. Um, so like is there is there like for for the producers out there is there any tip like that you can give for creating these like bases that have a lot of movement but at the same time are controlled and and well uh, mixable um so so first thing you you want to do is splitting your frequencies always do that so you have control on both of the low end and high end so i can separately like polish the, the very bottom with the subs up to 20 hertz and uh, other than that everything above and uh, what I do with my basses is I do a lot of uh, saturation, especially on the sub basses, so they uh, start kind of uh, populating the uh, area around 100 Hz and uh, 200 Hz, uh, which uh, works well on the uh, interface on the hardware that doesn't really support 
uh, subs that were and uh, on the upper layers I like to add a lot of noise and texture uh, I often use uh, simple bit crusher just to generate uh, white noise which uh, has the same behavior as the base so when the base has a few wobbles in, in there the, the noise is going to behave exactly the same and it uh, automatically creates more uh, interesting sounds uh, also the, the drum not the drum, the, <laughs> the bass patterns in your piano roll are also very important to, to create the very basic groove and something that connects with the rhythm really well and uh, I think it's uh, equal, equally or even more important than the sound design itself uh, and yeah, I put a lot of uh, attention into that before even toying with the uh, my patches in, uh, in synthesizers and stuff. So yeah, uh, always split your bases and keep the patterns interesting. That, yeah, that's that's, a, that's how it works. <laughs> that's a that's a really great tip, and I think that's something that's um, really easy to hear when people listening are listening to your music. It's the symbiosis of like the the, the rhythm of the drums um, and the the bass that um, supports this kind of yeah not swing but like yeah the, the overall feel and rhythm um for me to clarify that like white noise um idea um or, or the technique that you just introduced so basically you're taking the original bass that you're having and create another layer with it and bit crush it so it becomes basically noise that follows the the rhythm right okay got it and there's actually you you mentioned text textures and everything that's the third like element that really um, shines in your music, I think. And if I remember correctly, there's actually, um, you recorded some foliage sounds and, and textures yourself um, before, and you're even offering that for free um, for the people, right? Yeah. Uh, I use a lot of uh, field recordings I have recorded myself, and also stuff that I find on the internet I often uh, share it with people on Discord, well, on all the uh, servers where I am active. And uh, I also sample a lot of sound effects from games. Uh, it's uh, At this point it's thousands of those sounds. And uh, I always incorporate, incorporate them into my, my tracks uh, to like have always some stuff happening in the background and to uh, make the, the silent parts and uh, the sections without much stuff happening uh, to make them more uh, vibrant and interesting uh, and yeah it's a lot of digging for samples a lot of processing and layering stuff to, to achieve that yeah, but I think it, it adds a lot of uh, re-listenability to your tracks because I got the feeling that every time I listen to a track, um, I discover new stuff in the background and the first time you'll be very drawn towards the bass line or the drums 
but like the more you listen to it, the more you can really discern those small sound effects and what what I would call ear candy in the background of uh, the track. It's like little sound effects. They're the same type of stuff that would be very prominent in, like, say, burial tracks. Obviously, those are less, um, you know, fast-paced, uh, so you can hear them more noticeably on first listen-throughs. But I feel like in your tracks, they really complement the, the dark and industrial vibe you go for. So I, f- I think, personally, that's a really great um, additional value to the tracks because they just fit so well and they help to further shape the environment the track is based in. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping more people are going to notice it <laughs> and listen to my tracks more than once or, or twice. Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. Yeah, it's um, very awesome. You just mentioned games, and I think um, games are something that you are passionate about to some degree as well. Um, is there like what's your, what's your favorite game? Just like for for out of interest, out of curiosity. My favorite game. Uh, I mostly play uh, arcade games, but they they don't really have a lot of stuff stuff that I can sample from. Uh, so uh, I also like delve into RPG games and MMOs sometimes just to find some uh, stuff to sample from and sometimes uh, I even listen to the game soundtracks without really playing them just because they are quite good Uh, and yeah uh, the game I really enjoyed recently is Devil May Cry 5 uh, just because it's really polished and it has a lot of attention to gameplay elements which I love and uh, yeah it's uh, easy to learn hard to master kind of games and you can spend like thousands of hours practicing and still not master it <laughs> yeah no, that's then that's the that's the recommendation if you want to make great halftime drum and bass you need to play devil may cry 5 um. <laughs> uh, I mean, not only five entire series are great. The entire from, from series, four, yeah, from three to five, it's excellent you, games. You heard it here first, people. Um, Devil May Cry is the halftime drum and bass game you should play if you want to make awesome music like Office does. And speaking of awesome music, we already teasered it a little bit at the beginning, but you um, have both quite a few label releases under your belt by now. And um, you've also, and that's more curious to me, um, released by yourself. And you've released um, three LPs, if I remember correctly. And all of those are available for for free in quotation marks it's uh, pay as much as you want so you can um, get them for nothing but you can also um, pay 1000 euros if you would like that um, and like to support the artist a little bit more um, so what was the drive for you behind that like why did you decide to self-release in the first place when your music could land at labels easily um, so first thing is that Uh, Technically, uh, a lot of established artists actually uh, self-release a lot. Just I have small list actually of of people who do that. You have uh, Break, who has symmetry recordings. A lot of his stuff is on there. 
you got clued with the commercial suicide. Uh, he has like six albums on there. Uh, you have Ed Rush with virus recordings. You got Seba with secret operations. He he founded it in like early zero zeros. Um, you got Calibre with signature recordings, which is exclusively his stuff, pretty much. Uh, you've got Noisia with vision recordings. You've got Misanthrope with Neo Signal and a lot of, a lot of different artists uh, who do this stuff, and they were they pretty much had these labels from the their. Uh, earliest years of, of career be before they were recognized and technically it works just like self-releases um, so I uh, figured out uh, I'd wanna try uh, self-releasing myself and uh, my plan was to gain some uh, base amount of funds uh, from the label uh, releases and then uh, attempt to put out my stuff on the band camp later uh, and yeah at the very beginning I was releasing on the uh, like not really labels uh, there were mostly just uh, SoundCloud uh, profiles with uh, free downloads uh, and uh, one handy thing they had was like uh, follow for download and this way uh, I managed to get like a few hundred people following me uh, and uh, after uh, how many two or three years uh, I have decided to put all this stuff on the Bandcamp as a compilation just to see how uh, how much interest uh, will it generate um, be before that I, I had some stuff on Bandcamp already but uh, it wasn't really like there wasn't enough quantity because I had like singular tracks on there uh, and this time it was different because it was entire compilation of like 13 tracks uh, and yeah uh, I have published it uh, in the May of the last year and started messaging everyone uh, I knew about it uh, and yeah I have uh, well, I went for the uh, pay what you want approach uh, because it just attracts more people because technically it's free but uh, you can uh, pay me some money if you enter zero you got essentially free download uh, and I thought, thought it might uh, work pretty well and it did, I was pretty surprised because people were actually willing to pay like 15 bucks for a free compilation <laughs> I, I, and I remember and even big names were playing were playing uh, those tracks then at some point right um, you mentioned DJ Hidden before yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the, the story of DJ Hidden is me actually uh, sending one of my tracks to the uh, podcast he was guesting in 
uh, and because I'm his huge fan, I just decided to give it a go. Uh, and yeah, he listened to the tune on the stream, uh, and he liked it. And uh, later on, he checked my band camp. Actually, bought one of my releases and played it in his own podcast. That is awesome. <laughs> That is really, really awesome. So to summarize a yeah. little bit, like the approach you went for. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. So you, at the beginning, you just um, released on labels and SoundCloud profiles, just try to get a bit of an audience um, going on yeah, yeah. through that. And then um, at some point, you, you switched over to try and self-release, similar to other artists um, that you just mentioned, um, Caliber being one of them. And um, it did end up working out quite well, so you continued doing it. Um, and yeah. So... Um, That is a, that's really an interesting approach to me, something that I haven't um, considered before. So um, I really I really admire this kind of way of releasing music and offering it for free for people who may not be able to pay as much as um, 20 bucks for a release, right? Um, yeah. Um, there is one more thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, the thing is that uh, all my releases are either that one compilation or, or albums and uh, as a listener uh, I prefer actually listening to albums than just the singles or EPs and uh, I kind of aimed for the uh, crowd that listens to albums and I think that if I didn't release albums and I just went for like EPs or singles uh, I wouldn't like Uh, achieve the same amount of attention uh, and uh, fans uh, just because like there's kind of uh, lack of albums on drum bass scene like like I mentioned it's mostly just singles and EPs and uh, having album is something uh, something different and you are also able to Uh, showcase your ideas and concepts better with 10 tracks than with two. So I think that, that yeah, that's the thing that makes the, the biggest difference. Right. Um, so you definitely feel like um, when creating an album, it's a lot better because you can basically write a story uh, that is coherent or continues towards uh, through the entire album instead of just releasing a single track at a time without any story in it, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, that was exactly what I was missing when releasing on the labels and having those free downloads, that it's just one track and it's not really telling any story much. Yeah. Yeah. So that basically ties into uh, something we're going to talk about a little later as well. Uh, being the different approaches to songwriting uh, versus production of electronic music. Because a lot of um, EDM producers tend to focus on just pumping out singles, but there's no story writing aspect into it. Whilst if you, you know, take a look at that versus um, acoustic songs, like just casual bands who play like guitar and piano, there is this very story writing element into it, basically songwriting instead of just producing an electronic track. And so I feel like you definitely tend to take a story writing approach, a songwriting approach, instead of just the classic producer approach. 
Absolutely. Um, that's something that I can, that I can, um, yeah, agree with as well. Um, I think we're slowly starting to run out of time here for this interview. Um, I would love to have you again sometime in the future. I think there's still a lot of topics, a lot of questions that I really want to ask you, to be honest. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here, Offish. Um, we are going to um, put your Bandcamp into the description. Everyone, um, please check out Offish's music. Um, it's really, really great. Um, well produced and such a nice vibe and, and always interesting things happening in there. So yeah, again, thank you so much for, for joining us today and um, sharing a little bit from you about you and your music with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys, uh, and for giving me a chance to appear <laughs> in your podcast. It's, it's been really fun. It's been great having you here, mate. Thank you for being here. Awesome. All right, that was really, really interesting. Um, super nice to, to have had Offish joining us and sharing some of his um, experiences and his journey through music with us. There's definitely a lot more to talk about, and I really hope that he um, takes the offer from us and comes back at some point so we can ask him some more questions and we can listen a bit more to his story and his insights into music because he is a very knowledgeable producer. And quite, quite uh, nicely, he... Um, has been talking about basslines and saturating his basslines quite heavily to be present on smaller system and systems. And that ties in really, really well with our technical topic this time of the episodes that my good friend Hidden has prepared for us today. So the stage is yours. Yes. So uh, this week I wanted to briefly talk about uh, saturating your basses. Um, because as Offish mentioned already, it just brings you a lot of advantages, um, mainly that your music is sounding richer and fuller because you're basically creating overtones, basically just um, expanding your baseline throughout the entire spectrum. And this way, a very calm baseline and a very minimal baseline can still sound very rich, um, not only on systems that cannot produce a sub but just in general because you're filling out all the frequency ranges with information um other than that as Ovish mentioned it makes it a lot less readable on or well audible i should say on small systems which obviously cannot create um very low sub bases just think about bluetooth speakers phone speakers laptop speakers um well basic tiny monitors really like um you have obviously eight inch studio monitors, which can create some lower frequency type of stuff, but they still go nowhere near to sub frequencies really. Especially if you're working on five inch monitors like me, it's very nice just to have uh, that extra filling out. And other than that, it makes everything a lot louder as well. Because you are creating those overtones, you are also making your basses louder. And that is an example that I have prepared today. So I have two little bass samples from a track that I've been working on for a bit. Um, one is the bass sample with all the saturation effects on there. And one is a sample where I simply took off all the saturation. Everything else is still on there. Just the saturation is gone. Um, that can be um, either just classic uh, distortion saturation. That can be wave shaping. That can be soft and hard clipping. All those things uh, very much tie into saturation. And what you'll notice is an incredibly big 
difference in perceived loudness. Now, what do I mean with perceived loudness? Uh, both these audio samples have both been normalized to zero dB, which means that they are both equally loud uh, on the decibel scale, but the perceived loudness, the, the loudness that you, you seem to you know, hear is very different. And I will play this very big difference uh, for you guys now. So the first sample you hear is the one with saturation, and then I'll switch over to the one without saturation afterwards, just so you can really hear the difference quite well. So this is obviously with saturation. Now I'll switch to without. As you can very clearly hear, there is a massive difference uh, in audio, in, in perceived loudness, really. You can definitely just hear the, the massive volume drop in there just because you're lacking all these extra overtones that you would create with saturation. So it's a very valuable thing um, for sure. And I don't know how you stand on the use of saturation ground. Do you have a specific technique for this or how do you apply saturation to your baselines in general? I mean, I'm saturating a lot of elements in my mixes and I tend to use saturation um, mostly to create presence in the mix. So um, saturating something is mainly a tool for me to, to make sure that it's, um, an element is popping out more, more than it has before. And obviously I'm saturating my bass lines, otherwise they would sound bland. Um, on some bases I even have extreme distortion on there that I'm filtering out afterwards. So one of the projects I'm working on there, I'm actually creating the base patch somewhere in, in Serum and the distortion unit there I'm might be on linear fold or something like that. It's actually turned up to 100%, um, like super crazy distortion. And that's filtered afterwards um, to, to make sure the sound is still pleasant and not just completely destroys your ears. No, not just completely white noise at that point. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes distortion can really be a tool for sound design. Um, and saturation uh, can, also, can also be great for mixing and a great tool to create presence. Vocals, for example, um, need to be saturated quite, or I saturate vocals quite heavily, um, for example. And I remember, I think, Newtone does that as well. He's, if you listen to his songs with vocals on there, they are heavily, heavily, heavily saturated, actually. Yeah. To make them pop a bit more. So yeah, I'm a big fan of saturation. Uh, I think sometimes uh, my basses can use a little bit more of that. Um, but I like to like hold back and not get a distorted sound, but just create presence with it mainly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I use saturation on a lot of elements as well. I saturate my drums and my drum buses. I saturate my basses and my bass buses. I saturate my vocals and my vocal buses. I saturate pretty much everything at this point. Just because it makes everything sound so much richer and more filled out, it's a very great method to fill out your mix in general. Um, I've focused on saturation very heavily with the, this track where I just show you the baseline off. Um, and it helps so much uh, loudness-wise. Uh, it's the loudest uh, LUFS-wise 
and so that's integrated loudness uh, that I've ever gotten a track so far. So with my mastering chain on there, I got it down to minus 6.3 LUFS. Oh my god. Uh, for a liquid drum and bass track uh, without <laughs> any distortion whatsoever. Um, so it really shows you the power of uh, saturation because usually my, my tracks start distorting if I push them beyond minus 10 LUFS. Um, so yeah. And what many people maybe don't know actually is that saturation is... Um compressing the sound a little bit as well. So when you're using saturation, it also compresses um, your, your sound a little bit. And that helps with loudness um, a lot, like you just mentioned. So when you saturate all of your buses independently and then you get a more tight, um, tightly packed sound and you can pull out a bit more loudness from the mix than you could otherwise. That also very neatly explains why saturation gives off this sort of gluing effect if you use it on the bus um, because you're basically then compressing all your bases together making them obviously sound a lot more cohesive and glued together yeah it's an awesome tool saturation is really something that yeah almost every track needs I, I don't even know if there's a single track that i ever produced that did not need any saturation so yeah awesome um, thank you so much for sharing this with us Saturation definitely one of the key ways of producing or one of the key methods you need for producing. And sure. uh, since we're talking about productions already, um, last week we already wanted to talk about it, but we did not have time. The episode was almost one and a half hours already, so we had to cut it out, sadly. Um, but we wanted to talk a bit about songwriting in drum and bass and in EDM in general. So... It's coming from an observation that I've made, and maybe you've, you've shared this, so let me explain. I feel like a lot of times um, EDM music that doesn't have to be drum and bass, that can also be house or techno or something, is really only made for the dance floors and really only made with DJs in their minds and to like yeah make people go crazy so it's getting bought by a lot of DJs and played by a lot of DJs. And what often is missing for me in many EDM genres and songs is the songwriting component where someone really sat down and they created a song rather than just a track to make people dance, you know? And it, I, it's something that I found sometimes in drum and bass. I think some producers still create music that's also, that's both danceable and um, has some decent songwriting. So one of the Big names for me is Newton there. He's um, having great danceability on his tracks, but he also creates really, yeah, um, a full arrangement. Yep. I would call that. And yeah, um, I think that's a quite a hard balance. But how did you observe this in, in dance music so far? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, like, as I said at the ending of the little conversation we had with Offish there, um, there is a very big difference in general, um, not just in drum and bass, but in any electronic music production. I feel like a lot of artists, especially those who DJ as well, um, is I seem to you know find a little bit of a connection there. Tend to just focus more on pumping out very danceable songs and a lot of songs throughout the year, over taking the time to add story to their tracks. Now, you can look at that on a single track base um, because it is perfectly 
doable to you know create a story inside of a track that's obviously um a lot easier if you incorporate elements like vocals in there if you if you're lucky enough to have vocals or you're in contact with a vocalist that wants to collaborate with you it makes it a lot easier to create this kind of story in there but you can also just do it very easily like i tried to do with system malfunction right i got all these little this sort of voice communication announcement things in there um just to a fill out the track and b create this sort of story and kind of shape the the environment really um like when i was creating the track i was feeling very inspired um by a sort of you know future futuristic spaceship for example uh, obviously the track is called system malfunction so i indicate that or I try to indicate both with effects and the little so the vocal snippets that there is something going wrong, there is something failing. Um, you know, everything is kind of collapsing onto each other. Uh, as you, you know, that's at least my my idea behind it. Um, so you can very easily do it on a single song. But what I find most pleasant is when an artist, especially people like Offish, take the time and plan out an entire album big album like 10 songs and have a very cohesive story going through there right um you genuinely like uh Askel and Nelera for their the way they incorporate stories into their tracks and i feel the same way about that it adds a lot more um you know re-listenability to a track because you can keep discovering the story you might have not heard uh, on your first listen through right so I think it definitely adds a, a lot of value to a track and it's something I personally want to focus on a lot more as well. Um, but it's not always that easy to do so, uh, in my opinion. Absolutely not. And I have so much respect for the artists that do pull it off um, because it's not easy to make something that sells well and that's danceable because to sell well in drum and bass, I feel like it needs to be danceable because otherwise the main group of people that are buying your music, DJs, uh, are not going to purchase it if it's not something that they can play live, right? So it's really a cakewalk, like a balancing act between between the two of writing a song and writing a dance track. Um, some like one of the major albums where I really, really could notice that there was a coherent story going on, and it was more like a concept. I think you call it concept album. Um, was Mosaic by Carmen Crooked. Very beautiful album. Which I also own on vinyl and I've listened to countless times. It's really like you're, get, you're being taken on a journey by them throughout the entire album and it creates so much re-listenability and so much more meaning to each individual track because of the context it is in. So I admire that a lot. In some way, you mentioned vocals, of course, that's, the, that's the, the easiest bit of creating story in your music is vocals and voice snippets and things like that. Some other way um, that I've noticed for I'm listening. So I'm listening to, to a kind of jazzy independent artist called Tom Misch a lot. Very, very awesome guy. Check him out. And he has some songs where he doesn't sing. He sing. He's also singing, but he just plays um, the guitar and some other instruments in there. And somehow it still ends up being a song and a story without requiring his voice on there. So like progressing elements, playing with themes, 
and adding new little developments in there and not just repeating the same thing over and over and over again is something that can really elevate the song and create a feeling of progression in it also from a storytelling perspective yeah that's something i wanted to like pick up on as well um it's sort of in my opinion trails back to classical music really where obviously there wasn't much of elements in there so they really had to do very big progressions with piano or guitar or violin and all that stuff and i feel like you can obviously not have a concrete story in a track but more of an emotional story really by actually making differences in your say your piano if you're making liquid which obviously piano is a very used element in there like progress the piano like make different, use different chords if you want to kind of sway the mood a little bit, right? Create tension, um, use dissonant tones, for example, f to create that tension. Then from creating tension, go back into a more like carefree type of progression, right? Um, small details, like so you have a top melody over some chords, changing some notes in the top melody can create tension, can create story, can create difference. And I think that is the key that you mentioned as well, don't just write a progression that is eight or 16 bars and then loop it over the entire track nonstop because that gets old very, very quickly. And it's easy to fall for that. Like I have done it so many times in the past. Uh, and that's like, it's something you really have to consciously focus on um, to get better at and practice. But I think it really pays off in the end. One of the tips from my side there would be something that I do is turn off the drums because the drums are creating so much energy and so much point of interest in drum and bass. And when you turn them off and just listen to the instrumental without the drums, then you start to realize where you need changes and where you need progressions in it. So this kind of helps to, to find out where you need to jump in and um, add a few things, take a few things out, change the vibe a little bit, change to a different progression of chords and whatnot. And actually something, um, I've, I've realized something when I was talking to one of a friend recently and um, we've, I've, I've told her a bit about the music that I'm making and everything. And, and I started to realize that with the newer projects that I'm working on, I kind of lost that a bit as well that um, sense of creating songs rather than dance music that I always had when I was starting. And that was always the goal for me. I never wanted to make something that's there for the clubs, but I wanted to make something that's there for listening and enjoying and taking you on a journey. But I think, I don't know, for some reason, I think I lost a lot of emotion in my music in my newer projects nothing released but in in the projects that i'm doing they sound good they sound danceable but i think i need to think back to myself and also take this into consideration more and write songs again rather than just dance yeah. tracks yeah it's so as i said it's something you have to consciously focus on if you want to change uh, things like that in and that's with any aspect of music um, creation, really. Like, if you have this, it's, it's weird to say, but if you have this sort of flow that comes naturally, that doesn't include a certain part you want to focus on, you really have to pull yourself out of the 
the usual flow of things and really focus on that thing in specific if you want to, you know, change how you look at it or change how you do it in general until it becomes part of that flow. Mm -hmm. And one thing that may help is to listen to other genres than drum and bass and dance music in general. So for me, like I said, jazzy, jazz influence, solely kind of music is something that I, I do enjoy. I also listen to a lot of rap music, but um, that may not help so much. But yeah, diving into other genres and taking inspiration from those may be something that, that I should do more consciously myself. Yep. And that may, may be a good tip for anyone producing out there as well who wants to put a bit more emotion and meaning into their music. Absolutely. There is a lot of ways to convey emotion in a track, even tracks uh, that are or, or tend to be very deep and like cold there is still a lot of ways to convey those emotions and to add subtle harmonic elements in there to make it sound that much more filled out and not just bland, I would say. Absolutely. And one of um, the artists that I think that does that quite well as well is Caliber, even though he's quite minimalistic in, yeah. many, in many of his tracks. He still always tells a story in there and there's always a progression in it. Um, somehow he manages to to do that in seven minute tracks and one artist that um, reminded me a lot of caliber in some of his tracks and um, is someone that i think is very very greatly underrated it's already a bit older what i want to show you but andres i hope i pronounce him correctly is one of those producers that i think tells a great story in some of his tracks and is someone that i would really really recommend checking out he only has a few like not even 1,500 listeners on Spotify, but he does create awesome music. And I would like to show you some quite old track of his, seven years, I think it's old, in, in our yeah up and coming underrated artists slash overexposed category. And that is Andres with the song Like the Real Thing. So we'll just play a quick section of that for you right now. And I think you can hear what I'm meaning there. So it's danceable still, um, but at the same time you have these like switches up at, towards the end. It is having like repetitiveness in the beginning, which is fine for drum and bass as well. But then he switches things up. He takes out the piano or the e piano, and he switches up the bass and the drums a little bit when I'm transitioning over to the next section. So yeah, a big recommendation from my side and something that ties in very well with the songwriting style of drum and bass, I think. Andres. Yeah, the, it's a really nice track. Obviously, like you can hear that it's a pretty old track as well. It's those 
got this very old breaky vibes to it. Um, but it's a very nice, it's a very nice track, and I like the piano parts in it. Personally, I am a very big and fond um, enjoyer of piano in liquid drum and bass because it just adds so much emotion. Like you know, this I use piano in every single liquid project I make almost. Um, funnily enough, I think there is one exception to that. Um, and that's something I have wanted to share with you for a little bit now. It's a little bit of a secret I've been uh, keeping from you. I've, I've, oh my. I've, I've, like I've told you it was a secret and I, that I wanted to show you on the podcast. But um, for you guys that don't know yet, um, me and Grand Sentence have recently made a track together. Um, we have collaborated on uh, a track called Uncharted Lands, which is part of uh, a, a little compilation on Bonafide Records, which is the sister, lab the sister label from Midnight Sun Recordings, uh, where I obviously released Killjoy and Mystical. Um, one of the label managers reached out to me and asked if I wanted to be a part of their, um, their little compilation album for Bonafide Records Exports Volume 1. And obviously, I love those people a lot, so I definitely said yes, and I talked about it with Ground, and he agreed to have our track on there. The track is called Uncharted Lands, and before I, I let you guys hear a little sneak peek of it, um, the, the fun news I've been keeping from you for a week or two now is that it has actually been played on uh, UK radio again. What? Um, so our track got played on uh, Point Blank Radio in London. Uh, yeah, so I uh, got a little, <laughs> a little message on Instagram that our track would be featured in the set there. So obviously uh, I went live that evening and I checked it out. And very sure at a certain point there, there was our track being played live on UK radio. No way, I didn't know that. Exactly. How, how could you keep this from me for such a long time? As I said, I, uh, I wanted to mention it on a podcast episode. Um, <laughs> the, so I, wow, that's amazing. I obviously want to give a very, very big shout out to the one and only Inside Man. Uh, that's Inside Man Music on Instagram, I think for playing us over on Point Blank Radio. He's played uh, Mystical as well on the radio before, so I'm eternally grateful to the man uh, for supporting us. And yeah, I'll, I'll now show like, a little snippet of the track to you guys. Um, this track is called Uncharted Lands. It's out. Um, by the time you're hearing this, it should be out right now. So definitely go stream it. Um, yeah, this is the track. Have a little listen to it.
So there you go. That is a little preview of Uncharted Lands uh, by yours truly, your two hosts, of course. So yeah, it's a it's a very international collaboration. If you just think about that, it's Belgium, it's Germany on a Finnish label, and already played on UK radio, which is just absolutely insane to me. This is this is so awesome. So I really didn't notice before that we were played on the radio. Obviously, I knew that we created this track and that we were going to release it um, by the time you are listening to this podcast. So I'm I'm out of words to be honest because this is the first time that my music is getting played on the radio um, properly. So yeah, this is this is great. I hope I hope you all enjoy the song. And you can feel that we did go for a, a kind of songwriting approach there because we, we tried to give it a vibe and to, to and progress it at all times and go for like a little bit of a different sound than we might usually do if we produce our, on our own. So yeah, hope you enjoy Uncharted Lens. Yeah, I think that was what made it so appealing to collaborate with you on this project is the fact that it took me entirely out of my comfort zone because as you know as you listen to my music i usually don't incorporate all these jazzy-ish elements in there um so this was a very very different approach to music making for me and i'm still incredibly glad we did the collaboration because like i've told you this before i enjoyed it so much and i learned a lot from you i always learn a lot from you so i definitely enjoyed making this collab i think it kind of pulled you out of your comfort zone as well a little bit um certainly has um, yeah it was just it's an amazing project to have uh, happen to me personally and obviously i'm i'm eternally grateful that uh, i got airtime on the radio again um i'm eternally grateful that it could happen with you there as well even though you didn't know that uh <laughs> it's it's just nice because it feels like we're growing together uh, yeah. into this music thing. Yeah. And that's something I value a lot, personally. Yeah, it really feels like, um, for, for me, knowing you and being friends with you and working together with you and doing this podcast and everything, it really feels like like a companion to, to be on the same journey and to like ride on the horse towards the sunset together and the sunset <laughs> being the big goal of like becoming i don't know like the being on the big labels and and having um having a great audience and maybe even being able to to live a bit from music that would so, be extremely nice yeah now i think we should probably go back to the what we were talking about being up and coming and overexposed. Um, obviously, I want to give a, a little bit of a shout out to this person as well. I very recently discovered his music uh, while browsing for new music uh, to download to play in DJ sets. And his name is Eliotsky. Um, that's with two eyes at the end. Um, I found his music uh, while browsing Hyperdit. So that's basically a free download site for the guys that don't know. You can download tracks for free um, if you support the artist, like drop a like, drop a follow, uh, you know, repost the track, maybe drop a comment. The, the requirements depend a bit uh, on each track. Uh, but it was a very nice liquid sound. And um, he, he responded to my comments on the track that I really liked. And I went to check out his profile. And it appears that he's from Belgium as well. Um, so, yeah, um, this track is called... Uh, when I'm around you, 
originally by Biased, but it's obviously the Eliotsky remix. Um, he's a guy from Belgium and he makes terrific music uh, if I listen to this, so I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Let's have a little listen to it. When I heard that song, I was just genuinely amazed. Um, so this track is released on uh, Killer Sounds, which is a like a very small label from the UK. Um, they've only got a thousand followers on SoundCloud, so definitely go check out Killer Sounds UK on SoundCloud, and obviously go check out Ilyotsky on SoundCloud. Um, Matey's only got one hundred and seventy followers. That number just needs to be pushed up because he's obviously delivering amazing music like this um what a viber so yeah oh my god exactly the i love this song i didn't expect it like uh, when i heard the introduction of it the build-up i thought it's going to be a bit more dancey a bit more pushy um something that i'm more used to from belgian producers as well that they they produce a lot of jump up and, and dance dancey stuff but this was such a nice surprise for me to just suddenly be in a completely different world with such a warm bass and such nice um, synth elements accompanying it. Awesome. Great choice. Wow. Be beautiful liquid. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, some beautiful liquid that I would like to share with you <laughs> before, we, before we continue um, is one of my favorite tracks at the moment. And I've talked about this last episode a little bit when we talked about the Forza Horizon 5 album where i mentioned that i'm a bit sad that polaris is not being featured on there because i really really enjoyed his track on forza horizon 4 the compilation from hospital records there and i've been re-listening to that track for a few times um, in the past week and it just really catches me every time so i really want to share it with with you hidden i really want to share it with all of the people out there uh, polaris lessons learned insane vibe
Wow. That's another Viper, isn't it? Just wow. I... It's so beautiful. I personally did not know this track. I know the artist, Polaris. Um, I've heard like a lot of their music. And I really enjoy their music as well. They make absolutely stunning liquid, as obviously just showcased again. Uh, but I'd never really heard this track before. Um, so I'm very happy that you, you introduced me to this. Because this is, as you say, an absolute viber. Ever it's since it came out, it was one of my favorites. I've been listening to it so, 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 so many times. Um, probably three digits by now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it fits the the game so well. So Forza Horizon being a racing game um, that's with like very beautiful graphics. I've never played it, but I've I've seen some videos about it, and it fits this game super super well. But in general, it's just such a nice atmosphere story vibe that you're getting from it it's quite a positive track happy like i imagine sunshine and everything and it just lifts you up so mm -hmm. yeah for sure adore it now i feel like the vibes of that track actually go pretty well with uh, the one i want to share with you which when i heard this i was genuinely baffled by um it's by upgrade uh, who usually makes like very heavy jump up sounds from the UK. Um, but this track is just the polar opposite of what he usually makes. So I did not expect this at all. I heard a little bit of a, um, like a teaser of this, this track a couple of months ago. I was like, wow, this is, this is majestic. Um, it's really focused around this. I think it's like a square wave synth if I listen to it. Um, but I'm just going to share it with you guys. This is Won't Hold Back by Upgrade. And it's an amazing tune in my opinion. I genuinely love this and I've played it so much over the last couple of weeks. At least once a day. Every single day uh, for the last, I'd say, three or four weeks. It's an amazing tune and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. But don't try to say it's fine. I've spent so many years of mine Trying to read between the lines But I to know what's coming next that's it's, <laughs> jesus christ i still can't understand that this was made by the same producer if i like compare this to his other tracks like i definitely enjoy jump up and i enjoy a lot of his jump up works as well um like you know this i'm very into liquid drum and bass i'm very into deep drum and bass but i also heavily enjoy harsh stuff like neuro and jump up <clears throat> and like it just baffles me that the man like it's very like it's a basic track if you if you break it down it's a, a square wave synth and like very breaksy um drums underneath but it works so well together and it sounds so well rounded to me i genuinely am still baffled by it honestly it's i'm i'm, I'm really baffled as well like this is such a stunner 
I really love that he went for a different drum arrangement than than typical yeah. drum bass tracks where he like left out the kicks but he just like rolled the snares in again and again. Worked so so well for this track. It's awesome. The vocals are awesome. The the whole melodies yeah. and everything. It's wow. It sounds so weirdly emotional to me. I have no idea why, but the the synth sounds so emotional to me. For me, it's like, but it's a very positive emotion for me. Like I, when yeah. I heard it, I had to smile. You know, it's this this like, if I listen to this, I can just imagine like driving down fucking ocean drive or something. Sun is setting. <laughs> it's nice and hot outside. We, we're vibing with friends. You know. Everyone's having a lovely time. That's what I think about. Like, there's this sort of... I don't know if this has something to do with, like, uh, the shit I went through this summer or anything like that. But it feels like it's this very stark contrast between being in a dark place and, like, thinking about these all these amazing things that you've done or you've felt and kind of, like getting happy again that's what that sort of triggers inside me personally um i don't know if that is linked to life events or whatever but that's just the feeling that i get from listening to this which might uh, be the reason uh why i'm vibing with this so much and why i listen to it so much because you know this i'm on this sort of path to happiness and exploration of feelings and stuff like that so yeah, definitely. Like I've played this so many times, it's, it's not even real. I'm making this man millions at this <laughs> with with the zero zero four cents from Spotify. He's still getting a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what am I doing? No, but I can. I I totally understand it. I actually got similar feelings from it. It's like this. It's this lift off from a a, a harder period of time where you like drop your sorrows and you and you just become happy and you you just vibe with it and roll with it and and well what a stunner what a stunner and um what an awesome way to to finish this episode don't you think for real uh, this is this is amazing to me yeah so only one thing left we still don't have a name we always forget to do that we still don't have a name for for this episode but since we've heard so many vibes and Offish's music is also so vibey in a different way than this one was, but yeah, it's quite it's it's weird because Offish is literally, as I said, the polar opposite of this as well. This is very uplifting and happy, and Offish's music is very dark and industrial. But the way that he he adds all these elements to each other and everything sums up so nicely, it really does take you on a vibe. So. So, it's weird how that works. It's weird how that works. Absolutely, but this is the beauty of, of music and creating different emotions. Exactly. So, um, what do you think? Like, should we just call it like the the vibers or something like that? I'd go for something like a vibey one. Yeah, I like that. A vibey one. That's that's a good name. Bass and breaks episode five. A vibey one. And what a vibey one it was. <laughs> what a vibey one it was. Obviously, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode, as always. Um, it's so lovely to see that people are listening to these, these well, pretty stupid podcast episodes, really, where we, we're just like two friends talking to each other, really. And it, it fills my heart with warmth that you guys are listening as well, and you're actively tuning in. You guys are enjoying the episodes. Like We've gotten some very nice feedback from a lot of people at this point. Um, it's really encouraging. 
because as I said, we're just two friends having a good time. Um, so it's very nice to see people actually enjoy this. And so we hope you enjoyed this episode as well. We hope you might have learned something from Offish. We definitely hope you actually go check out his music because in my opinion, he really deserves um, some more fame because his music is composed very well. It's mixed very well. And as we talked about, he's got this very special type of releasing his music, this very uncommon way in the scene, I'd say. But it's a way that definitely deserves respect and recognition. So definitely go check out Offish's music. All this info will be like down below, um, just like the other artists. Exactly. So thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed this episode. I'm really stoked to have guests now. Um, I do hope that you check out all of the music and the artists that we've played today, especially Hidden Aura and Ground Sentence. Awesome people. Um, yeah, amazing producers, really. They are, they are fantastic. And with that, I would say, let's round off this episode. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the things that you say usually. So I'm going to say... So, um, thank you all for listening and uh, stay tuned and stay safe. I'm out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>